Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. episode, an ad hoc episode, I should say, of the Backdoor Cut Show. Uh, this is Zach. With me today, I got Sam and Mason. And uh, with in the absence of hoops, we've obviously been filling time with a lot of other things. So we'll do like everyone else is doing, try to fill some air time, um, just hanging out with each other, hanging out with you. Uh, my five-month-old's trying to eat the cord on my headset. <laughs> been spending a lot more time with him, so that's been pretty fun. Uh, but how you guys been doing, Mason? We'll start with you. Uh, well, I work in local government, and uh, we are deemed essential. So I've been going to work every day like normal. Um, only thing difference is, is you know, just trying to avoid things in those non-work hours. Um, still going to the park with our dogs. We're not uh, in an area where we have a lot of friends or family that we hang out with a lot. So this isn't a huge deal for us <laughs> not to be going out. Um, we we always pick up our groceries on do the little pickup or whatever, you know, where they bag them for you and bring them out. So like click list or something. Yeah. Click list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so really we haven't been affected too much other than I can't go to the bowling alley every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, we can't go hang out with our, fr- the few friends we do have out here. So uh, not a huge change, but just still weird, uncertain times. I have to imagine Lindsay likes no bowling right now. Your wife, who you routinely beat when you're bowling, much yeah. to her, much to her chagrin, right? I mean, she she puts up a good fight most of the time. But yeah, I, I don't think she's beaten me since we moved to Rancho Cucamonga like three years ago. Uh huh. Hey, but it's, it's you know it's it's about the heart inside, you know. And she never quits. She keeps coming. She yeah. keeps me sharp. She uh, likes to run off at the mouth. So uh. Uh, you know, there's been some close calls. I've had the turkey in the final frame, you know. So. It is what it is, but it's just it's like when Tony Allen said how he always fought through screens, you just don't get screened, and I, I just don't lose to my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, is, what does turkey mean? I'm not a big bowler. When you get three strikes in a row, brother. Okay, then. Okay, then. And that, and that you get more points when you – because it compounds, right? Isn't there like some sort of exponential point system per, when you get strikes in a row? Yeah, so if you get a strike, your next two rolls are doubled. If you get a spare, your next one roll is doubled. Okay. Yeah, yeah I haven't bowled a lot in my day. Other than like very recreationally, when that was like the second thing we were doing and the first thing we were doing was either hanging out or drinking or whatever. Yeah, $5 pitchers at Billy Hardwick's, man. Shout out to Billy Hardwick's. They put up with a lot <laughs> during our college years. Yeah, Billy Hardwick's and Alvis, man. <laughs> I don't know whether who had it worse. But yeah, it was a uh, oh, <laughs> ne- neck and neck. Yeah. yeah, I guess Billy Harwood's actually came out of it with money. Like Alvis was just like blowing gas, driving y'all's asses around everywhere. 
<laughs> Shit. Yeah, I'm uh I have been slowly adjusting because as I was just telling y'all off the air, my work, I'm an attorney at a private law firm in corporate practice. They for a while allowed you to still come in. So I would I work downtown and I live downtown. So I would still walk to work and work there because I would just hole up in my office and not encounter anyone anyway. So I was essentially self-isolating uh, and it was just better to have my own office and get out of my apartment, right? Because we've been stuck. And uh, Weber, what, what you got to say, man? You, you look like you take issue with my... He's just going <laughs> to eat the microphone. Oh, I was just going to eat the mic. Okay. No, I, I feel you there. Uh, so anyway, I get the email today that, that my work is officially closed, so I'll be working from home like most of the masses. And I think that's going to – my ability to go to work kind of normally-ish has allowed me to escape the kind of mental, you know, having to be at home. Like, So it's still kind of been business as usual for me. But now, like, I'm going to have to be home, work home all day, and then still exist here after is going to be tough. But I kind of split time between my girlfriend and I's apartment, so we're, like, at least changing location. But, you know, it's the same thing at either place watching netflix trying to do different stuff uh, to that end recently actually we uh, we decided to look up a recipe and bake a cake from scratch and by we i mean this is all me so we had to go to target and and get like cake tins and shit we, we decided to do strawberry cake because she doing no chocolate for this entire month okay uh, and and, uh, and it turned out like this okay oh yeah it was pretty looking. good yeah so we we did a uh you know we did a the the cake from scratch make with like baking powder or and uh and flour and sugar and eggs and the whole thing and beat it down and then we did a uh we did a strawberry uh strawberry icing on the outside there and that's cream cheese icing on top uh, it was pretty good you know i was i was pretty impressed we you're supposed to when you bake you're supposed to do a bunch of like very specific things like put in the things individually at a certain time and they're like even the eggs and the milk are supposed to be room temperature so that way they can mix because the key is the batter has to be like smooth as hell or else like your cake's going to be like grainy or whatever um so it's it's weird like the the degree to which baking could even become like a science like we fucked up and put the milk in at a different time and it, it felt Ooh. like the world was yeah i know because like it, it was it felt like the world was crashing down it was actually totally her fault but like she doesn't listen oh, to the show. Dude, so. her under the bus. I mean, it was. Damn. It was. It was. But she iced it, so the icing looks good. So I'll give her a shout-out there. She did the icing. However, I put the strawberries on top, which I feel like is the final and, and touch. Well, so it. Was it the strawberry Let's on top? get to what's important. How did it taste? It was actually really good. Yeah, okay. we, we were, were pretty intense critics uh, of, our, of ourselves in, in, in many ways, including cakey baking. And so we, you know, we took the first bite. And she wasn't into as into it as I was. But then today when we ate it again, because we're going to essentially eat the whole cake, just the two of us, because like can't fucking hang out with anybody. Uh, so <laughs> it, was, it was actually the moment that I realized that I was going to have to eat a whole cake. I was like, oh, <laughs> this, I made a critical error, you know, like, yeah, that was Sorry. fun and all. But, <laughs> yeah. uh... And I'm like, uh, have like an insane sweet tooth. So if there's something like delicious sitting there, I will eat it like almost out of boredom. So yeah. it, it, it's yeah. a, I, I have a really bad that way. I, I take a, a, a medication too that makes me like ma- makes my uh, like I'm really hungry all the time. So if something yeah. like that's around like snacky, I'm like fucking Done. killing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was fun. I do recommend it. I never I'd never made a cake from scratch before. Like I, if you'd asked me before yesterday what goes in cake batter, I, I would I would have said flour, sugar, eggs, but. You know, not the little minutia like the vanilla extract and, you know, the baking powder that gets it to rise and how to, like, get the two different tins. And you have to let it cool in a cooling rack before you can stack it and all that stuff. So, um, you want to talk baking? I'm your boy now. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> Sammy Homemaker over there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying Building to make it. Set out. I'm trying to make it to where some nice woman will want to marry me, you know. And I have to, you have to up your stakes. You have to continually develop yourself, you know. Always be growing. 
That's true. So, so Zach, Sam's life sounds like it's kind of starting to change with this new working from home policy. And I, I don't expect it to be long until I'll be working from home. What about you in the manufacturing industry? Uh, do you think you're going to be working from home? And how has your life changed since, uh, you know, the last week, really? Yeah, so I work for, I won't say the company, but work for a, a large, well-known food manufacturer. So obviously that is... With restaurants being closed, people aren't able to go out to eat. Everyone knows how stuff is flying off the shelves. And so being in the CPG industry, it's pretty much make as much as you can. What does CPG quickly. mean? Consumer Consum- product? Close. Consumer. Consumer package. production. Oh, okay. Uh, consumer mm-hmm. packaged goods. I'm using these expert terms, you know. Yeah, shit, dude. <laughs> oh, Throw these acronyms at me, bro. We have acronyms. You say Zachronyms? Yeah. Ooh, if, if I come up with one, it's going to be a Zachronym. If he didn't say it before, now he is. Yeah, there was a period of time where Zach would routinely, when we lived together, Zach and I lived together like four years ago when he started this job, and he would use acronyms like regularly that absolutely no one else uses, except oh, really? for this very niche. And you know, I would make fun of you every now. I'd be like, dude, yeah. that's, I don't know what that acronym means. You'd be like, I'm going to zip into the Carson in, and then we'll Roby Q out of there. I don't know. Some shit like that. Those were just made up words, not accurate. Yeah, you just that was when you were you know, taking ecstasy or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> no, but we are taking a lot of precautions to keep our facility clean and kind of keep people, you know, away from each other so that we can keep producing product as long as possible. And so we don't any what's it called? Uh, stay at home, not stay at safe at home. Is that what they're calling like mandatory that's what it's called in California. Yeah. Okay. I mm. think because I saw Nashville's doing that, but it was called slightly different than that verbiage. But uh, we fall in the exempt category because the food supply chain is important uh, so that people can eat. Definitely. So we are still working um, a lot. Now, you have, lot. you have another issue that a lot of people are probably having to deal with who may not still be or may still be working, but well, they're. True. Kids are, you know, school age and there's no one to watch their kids. So how has it affected uh, your babysitter and just life in general, having a little one at home and having two parents who obviously work? Yeah, we actually so we did have uh, a girl who was nannying. She was in a going to college uh, in Memphis, but her college went online. She's from California, so there really wasn't a need for her to stay in Memphis she didn't have right. any necessary like ties. Her friends are all going home. It's not it's not University of Memphis, so it's not a commuter school uh, with a large Memphis presence. So she went home, and that kind of left us back at square one. It's like impossible to get into daycares. We do have one lined up, but not until August. So our son wow. will be almost a year old yeah. by the time that comes around. Uh, but fortunately, with the way that our uh, our plant runs, it, we're running at night also, so I can flex my schedule to work with the night shift team also because uh, I have people working there days and nights. So really it's a benefit. I spend more time with people that I haven't been, you know, in the past on occasion. So it, there's some, some good that comes along with it. Yeah. I think all three of us are pretty lucky in, in that respect that we're yeah. still, you know, going and working and being able to collect a check. So, yeah. Mm. Um, I will say I really, this week have been like we made a huge Costco run like last week or something. I've been picking up stuff from the store, but 
we've been trying to like support the local restaurants and get out and go to the hot spots like we got Huey's and MPC just trying to get food from those places because I feel for those people who are not able to like this is really impacting them and their their daily income uh, is pretty much you know getting taken away seeing all the news is is restaurants you know all they can do is dine in or not dine in take out carry out delivery that kind of thing so that really is hurting the local economy uh, so I would encourage people to support those folks the best they can. Are you tipping on those takeout orders? Oh yeah. Okay, good. A lot of and people it, don't, you know, cause they're like, they well, they're not doing anything. They're, I, they're just bagging it up. It's I, like, I, w- I will admit that usually I wouldn't tip as much. Usually it's a few bucks, but in this situation, yeah. I feel fortunate that like my job has not been negatively impacted. And you know, these people, a lot of folks don't have it. And these are mm. places that I love and I hope that they're still there when, you know, when this situation clears up and I'd be super bummed if they're not there. So you'd have to think worst case, they bit. would just close temporarily that like they would just shut doors until, I mean, granted, if this resolves and we go back to a world that we're familiar with, we, we actually don't know that, you know I mean? We, yeah. we presume at some point this virus will either die because and I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Like, I feel like I always have to say that. Cause like, I don't like people speculating about this, but yeah. that people are comparing to the flu. Like it's going to die when the warm weather comes out or that we'll eventually develop a vaccine just because we're smart people. And we've developed vaccines to other very intense diseases. Uh, but we don't know that. Yeah. You know? So we, we could be looking, living in this world for at this point, it's indefinite, you know? And I, I think in my brain, I've sort of told myself like a, a month, but that's totally not based on anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, very optimistic. I think it's going to be more like four or five months. Um, but one thing back to the restaurants is like what really sucks is the servers and bartenders are like people who have to deal with the public every day, like put up with people's bullshit, like dicks when, you know, dickheads who are coming to the restaurant or, you know, hitting on the bartenders, things like that. Just uh, rude women ordering, you know, like just yeah, the worst, have, the worst. These yeah. people have to deal with the worst of humanity almost on a daily basis. And now they're the ones who are getting hit the hardest with this. Uh, so it's just, you know, life's not fair. No, it's not. And, and I've heard a lot of the restaurants downtown just walking around, hearing people talk. I think I mentioned this yesterday. We did a big zoom of a bunch of us college friends and just mm-hmm. kind of chopped wood for a while. But the, uh, I heard that some of the waiters are saying their restaurants are paying them like a lump sum to stay away. Like to yeah. like, Hey, we'll give you a grand and you just like live on this for three months until we figure this out. What we don't need you is here. Cause when you're here, you're clocked in when you're clocked in, we got to pay you something, you know, and, and, and yeah. uh, we don't have that. And we don't, you know, we don't need you here. Cause you're not obviously not serving a purpose. You're not serving people. So they're like negotiating these kind of like contract buyouts with the serving staff, which is, Hmm. bizarre but i don't know if that's how many places are doing that i just know i've heard serving staff talk about it just like downtown um at, at various places i have seen um the daily memphians really been covering a lot of this stuff closely so they have like a live blog i've been reading that a whole bunch and a lot of landlords of restaurants have been putting off like already have reached out to people restaurateurs and said you know don't worry about rent and What's next in April? Some have said like April, May, we'll figure this out later, but they've decided that it's better to, you know, not have, not force their tenants to pay and then their tenants not be able to afford it and have to give up that spot because odds are, I would think that when this goes away, there's not going to be someone like clamoring to take that spot. Yeah. You know, if that, if that restaurant's not going to stay there, then there's no reason to think a new restaurant 
will be able to succeed there. So I think that's pretty creative, pretty uh, pretty crafty, and like a good partnership from a lot of the, the mm-hmm. landlords in town. So that is uh, pretty neat. We're still yeah. seeing though someone's got to bear the cost, you know. So yeah. in that situation, the cost gets shifted to the landlord who would usually be getting that monthly rent, and so it's it's coming out of someone's pocket. And th- that's the issue is that the economy's been insanely affected because trickle down economics. Yeah, and I wonder if that will like how that will be approached by housing units and things like things of that nature. Because if people aren't making money, like two months from now, they might not be able to pay their rent. And then you're just going to kick them out or it's going to be interested, interesting to see what is basically going to have to come from a national level to avoid like mass homelessness and stuff like that. It seems like like everything literally might have to be stopped, including payments and taxes and things owed to the government and banks for like some period of time (laughs) if they actually want some sense of normalcy once things do get back to normal, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's totally unprecedented and bizarre when I think about it. Uh, and my, the thing that I, I've said off air many times, but, and, but I've said both to you privately, is that like, you know, 11 days ago, Zach and I were at an NBA game, the Grizzlies versus the Orlando Magic, like in a packed arena, sitting, you know, like feet away from people we didn't know, eating, you know, communal food, like, chili cheesesteaks made on grills you know it was like you know i mean granted they'd already started to take precautions like i was in fact trying to get a jersey sign and couldn't access the players at all even down in the tunnel but still i mean the next the next every day it's been like exponential like something else has happened so if you look at what's changed in the past 11 days to there being literally no sports uh including all the seasons that we're seeing about to begin stopped baseball we don't even think football's going to happen at this point you'd have to be you know, I think the odds are it doesn't, right? I think it's like 60, 40, 70, 30 that football doesn't happen unless something miraculous happens. You know, yeah. the, the caveat is like if they develop a vaccine tomorrow, then of course, okay. But then you got to distribute it to everyone. Yeah, everybody's got to get tested. And right. Is that going to be free? <laughs> like, <laughs> Surely not. Uh, nothing yeah. no, nothing health-wise <laughs> is free here in the, in the United States. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's completely wild. And when I think about it, even though I've tried to remain fairly normal, it's it's weird. You can sit there and lay and be like, think about how weird it is. And I, I don't know. I had to convince my parents that it was a, as big of a deal as it is. And then my, both my convincing and then the, the the news started to shift. Like we saw all these different news channels, regardless of you know, there's certain some some partisan aspect of it and how they follow the president, his his views on it. But like how the news channels have shifted and these kind of mirroring of like what they used to say, like two weeks ago and what they say now, like yeah. the same anchors, it's, it's comical. And it's like, it's the real problem with all of this. And the thing is like, this isn't a political thing, you know, it should, it was at first, but yeah. Yeah. Stupidly. Yeah. I mean, it's still, virus doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's, like, it's still being treated you. as such, but it, it's should have no bearing on, you know, sure. which side of the fence you're on. No doubt. Uh, that's, I think that's politics creeps into everything unnecessarily. So uh, anything good that has came out of this? What's uh, some of your favorite memes and stuff that's been floating on the Internet? You know, obviously it's not a lighthearted situation, but sometimes making jokes at this time, you know, we need to laugh. We need the humor. So there have been some funny jokes. I'll start with one of my favorites. And it's the uh, 
uh, NBA's, uh, what was it, Patient Zero. And honestly, thank God Rudy Gobert tested positive when he did, and he did that dumb shit the day before. So it was like an example of how easy it is to get it. Right. I think, I think we'll look back on that as kind of the inflection point of when we started to take it seriously. But uh, the Common did the intros for the NBA All-Star game, and uh, he ha- came up with a rhyme for each player's name. that people have been remixing them ever since then and with rudy gobert they had him and the quote was uh he's got coronavirus and he don't care starting at center is rudy gobert yeah (laughs) and all of them come with like the the image of him like doing like the rap hands with at at the all-star game uh that's good shit man that's been a great template and it, I don't think that will ever not make me laugh, like regardless of how good the are. Because I even thought it was silly when it was happening. I was like, this is so meme worthy. Yeah. But because it was so goofy and like they, they keep, I, I think the funniest meme I saw like right after the fact was some like someone said uh, like uh, comment after that introduction. And it was like that one chick that just left the gym and she's like sweating and she goes, Bruh! like you've seen <laughs> that one. She's like super tired because uh, it was like it was literally like. 30 minutes of him going ham, you know, yeah. like he, he had to be intense. Like he did a whole like song before then he had to be like super energetic and he had to be like hype, a hype man for 30 straight minutes. And it was like, yeah. I thought like, this is exhausting, man. This guy's going like really hard right now. It was yeah. respect, you know? Yeah. I didn't watch it live. I had to go back and I still haven't seen the whole thing. Cause it's so long. It, exactly. Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> the, me- the memes are way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like those two. I haven't really seen like a, Nothing comes to mind immediately, but yeah, those have been really funny. Well, our, our boy Jamal Murray uh, was the subject of a good one today. I guess his boredom uh, during this time of self-isolation somehow led him to <laughs> post in an Instagram video. How the fuck does this happen, dude? Of his like, girlfriend uh, oh, giving sure. him some oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> giving some head, get, getting some head. He just got his meat all out there on his Instagram for everyone to see. <laughs> Was it straight up? So, like, I obviously searched this right after you said that, and I wanted to find the video myself. And is it was it like straight up? Like the one I saw was like someone put the devil me like devil emoji over it. But you, but was that after the fact? Like you could in yeah, the video you could actually see his wiener. Yeah, dude, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, like, what was his end game there? Like, I don't know. Because the couple of things that like he recorded it. That's fine. People do that. But like, then you're on you're on Instagram. And like you have did, to, he, did he record it from his Instagram camera? You have to. Like, I guess he had to. Have, yeah. Yeah. You, you can you can upload videos, and, but that means that means yeah, an you, extra step. Like, like yeah, that he wouldn't have uploaded to, that from his camera roll. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's he's straight up an Instagram video recording his <laughs> his girlfriend giving him a blowjob, and then he has to hit share on the bottom right. Then he has to hit store. My store. Yeah. Then he has to hit share again. So, like, I, what I'm saying is, like, there's, like, three button presses that aren't even on the same side of the screen that, that, to steps to get it to where it was. I just don't understand that. Like, I, I can't fathom that unless he just, like, he, he so fucked up. Yet. Right? Sure, like, sure. Yeah. So maybe he tries to send it to his boys, but then he accidentally hits story. But then which boys are you sending that to? It's like, <laughs> it's like Jokic getting, is Jokic, like, first on his thing? And he's like, man, my, my boy Nicole has got to see what kind of head I'm getting, bro. Like, like I just, like fascinates me how we got there and there's nothing he can ever say that doesn't not gonna make me laugh at him now from now on like if i was close enough to to heckle him uh that's n- like topic number one right there it's like dude remember the time you like fucking sent a story <laughs> of you like getting a blowjob to everyone 
Oh. And they've been comparing his uh, pubes to Kevin Durant's hair, <laughs> the, B, oh. the BBs and Kevin Durant's hair. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the internet, man. I did see today that Mark Cuban. Damn, what was Mark Cuban doing today? Uh, him and the Dallas Mavs obviously were like the first ones to announce that they were going to pay for their workers. Um, you know, the part-time arena workers. And today he's paying for dinner for the workers who are working to drive up testing sites. And dude, Mark Cuban, you can say what you want about him, but he's like been out in front of this. And I feel like he's handled it great. Like been a leader that all of us can kind of turn to. Yeah. He's always kind of, I mean, he's really smart businessman. You know, he understands the the power of positive PR. And uh, so, you know, like I, I'm not going to say like his intentions are the best or they're not the best because I don't know him. But right. he, this has always been him. So like, but but the result is good. Like people that need it are getting taken care of. So yeah, it's, it just always seems like he's the first super yeah. rich guy to do something good and like gets everyone else going. Yeah, and I mean if that's if that's the what we need to get the snowball rolling down the the mountain, then so be it for sure. So what what else is I got a list of things like little topics I want to discuss. Um, speaking of like things to to what that we've been watching uh, or movies. And by the way, I've got. Back here, right there on my TV, I've got these Spurs game six, Miami, Miami Spurs game six, where Ray Allen hits the shot um, at the end of the game to send it to game seven. And I was watching it for a little bit, and basketball is uh, significantly different even from now. There's so many jump shots then. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Tony Parker, Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade are all taking 17 foot elbow jump shots. Like, they're 100% anytime they're chased off the three point line one dribble in taking that shot without a doubt. And now like, there's no way that happens. Like I, I was listening to Duncan Robinson on a podcast and how like Spo basically told him who in fact was coaching this very Miami team. Dude, don't do that. Like you sidestepping and taking like a more off balance three is better than a one dribble in 17 footer because they like showed him all the math on like what his offensive productivity is doing one versus the other. Even if he shoots like 50% on the 17 foot two versus like, 40 or 38% on the three. So we, we know all that, but it, it was interesting to see the difference in seven years, right? Like I would consider this, I remember watching this game, like, uh, like it was yesterday, you know? Yeah. So I actually, you about to hit me with some straw ball stats. You look like you're about to spew some straw ball. I was about to say that I finished that this week. So, uh, and that's, you know, you guys can, you don't have to hear me say that I'm reading it anymore. I, I did finish it. Congrats. Yeah, the, a- the average, uh, the tidbit is that the average shot in the NBA is worth one point. Yeah, worth one point. So each possession is on average worth one point. So if you hit 33% of your threes, that's the same as hitting 50% of your twos. So anything above 33% is, that's where you make your money. Which, which and, and now we're seeing like that, a lot of people shoot that. Like 33% yeah. is not even a good three-point shooter. That's like got to be league average below league average i would have to or right at league average somewhere yeah, i think there. that's about league average um so yeah that that is uh interesting maybe you can sprinkle in some more sprawl ball tidbits uh considering you're still reading it and everything you're probably never going to finish it uh <laughs> so love <laughs> love is blind um it's, oh, you, you've seen God. it you've seen it on twitter you've seen it on facebook you've seen it just talked about uh wherever you might see things in the pop culture uh it is a netflix original show not a big tv guy myself I don't like episodic television as much as I like movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm well-documented about this. There are a few shows I've watched, and shows can be great, but this is my preference. 
but sometimes you want a little garbage television, you know, you want a little something to turn your brain off and watch, you know, some awful people do some awful things to each other. And I don't know, like maybe that's just like the, I don't know, it's just human nature, I suppose. But this show, the premise is that these people go to this house, they separate it into genders, men and, you know, men and women. The goal is to find a wife or a husband. And they each go into these little pods where they can't see each other and have these conversations throughout days across this like weird blue wall. And uh, the, the, the objective is to get to know someone and fall in love with them and propose to them before you've seen them in the flesh to try to figure out if like you can truly love someone regardless of their appearance. Like if you can like someone for their personality and then grow into that love once you meet them. Um, so as you can imagine, like drama abounds, like these people like fuck each other over there's eventually the, the the show spoiler alert progresses to where they go on like a honeymoon together then eventually meet parents and stuff so it's like a it is a it is an awful awful television show i wouldn't recommend it for purposes of like growing your mind but it was damn entertaining you know and uh just watching these people melt down is like pretty fascinating but mason i you tried to watch it you just couldn't get through it was it the awkward cringiness of it or were you just like just not interested in this at all like do not care at all i just the concept was dumb. Um, I just don't see why you would sign up to do that in the first place, trying to meet your spouse without ever seeing them. Like I, don't, I, mean, they, they, I, I do understand the concept, but shit ain't going to work. No, and, no. Um, they're, they're just, they're, they're all like, they're all like shams, but they're not actually there to like, they're just trying to get famous for, yeah. for, you know, eight episodes and then parlay that into like endorsements. And it's like people in the real world and the challenge, like they're, they don't actually care about like, yeah, but at least they got to fight and fuck and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, these people got to fuck, though, eventually. Yeah. Well, actually, the, you didn't see, yeah. You didn't see the, that. Yeah, I got an episode and a half in, and uh, the blonde-headed girl was too annoying. The one that they were showing so much. In Jessica. The first yeah. yeah, Jessica, yeah. Like, she changed she her sucks. voice depending on who she was talking to. Yeah, I couldn't do it. And yeah, the, dude, the dudes, yeah, I mean, I just can't, I can't do it. I'm not a big reality TV guy. Mm. So well, you missed out. I did, I did enjoy Survivor early on. I haven't watched it in years, but mm. yeah, Love is Blind wasn't my cup of tea. Well, if you got, you know, eight hours to kill, which I know you do, uh, you know, check that out if you want to be, you know, cringy for a little bit. But not, not, I actually really like reality TV. I don't watch a lot of it because I think it's, it is garbage, but like if I can get into it, I'm, I love it. I could shoot it right into my veins, man. What else you been watching? Uh, I, I've been actually, and another thing I want to talk about is, um, been listening to a lot. Of, I got a uh, a vinyl. I got a turntable and a and a uh, stereo receiver and some speakers for Christmas. And I was like, I want to start doing the vinyl thing. You know, I'm like mostly a hipster, so I was like, gotta like buy all the, the hipster things too. And uh, but but I was listening to this podcast on the Ringer, and I'll, I'll get your guys' opinions of this. Obviously, I'll have Apple Music as well, right? And that allows me to listen to every single song basically ever written. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's never come up in a conversation before. But it, it does, you know, it does, as you know, Spotify or Music Live, you listen to any song ever. So it's kind of like taking the need to have CDs or whatever out of the picture. Why would you do that? And I get that. But then the, the Ringer has this podcast called uh, Music Exists. Uh, and it's, it kind of discuss music from a, a, theory, a theoretical idea. And they were discussing why, like, vinyl has come back. You know, like, wh- wh- what's the deal with that? Because apparently vinyls, like, sold more this past year than they have since, like, late 70s. Like more vinyls sold this past year than they did since like 40 years ago when they were like before the A-track and then the, the cassette tape and then so on. So their their uh, their hypothesis was, and, and I mean it's not really hypothesis, like we, we get this, but is that our generation, like millennials and younger, even 
like Bill Simmons was talking about how his 12 year old has a record player and buys vinyls now. Uh, and the, no- the notion is, is that you like, you want to be able to carry something tangible out of a music store and say, this is the music that I like. And then when people come over or whatever, like you have a vinyl collection, they could thumb through it and be like, you can kind of get a sense of who somebody is based on their music taste. And you really can. I mean, at least I've always thought you could. And it's like your ownership of like, these are the bands that I like. These are the albums that I considered worthy of spending my money on. And it's like a tangible thing. Whereas like, if I just have Apple music, like it's, it's not really as like a communal thing, you know? Uh, so, and, and my personal thing with vinyl is I pop a vinyl on two sides. You got to listen to the album basically the whole way through. It's hard to pick tracks. You can, like, you can like find the track by like looking for the lines on the, on the record, but usually you just got to like listen to it all the way through in the order the artist intended and you get the whole experience. So that, that's my thing on vinyl. It, it doesn't sound better. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't have, I'm not like an audiophile, so I can't like pick the differences in the sound of the mixing or whatever. But so I'm not going to pretend to be like it sounds so much better, bro. Like I've heard people say that, but it, it just it's cool to like put on a record and just listen to a band. And now I'm like developing my collection. Went and raided my dad's records. It's like a cool thing to buy. It's like uh, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a fan. So that's been another interesting non-sports development in my life, and has been nice for this period of time because I'm able to pop on a bunch of records and just sort of chill, like get on my computer and listen to records. You guys into the vinyl thing? You like I'll never do that. Oh, that's a waste of money. Uh, you know, get, get, I'm give me your time. I surprised you this long, honestly. I figured you would have had a vinyl player like in college. Shortly thereafter, yeah. I mean, it was a money thing, right? Because it's it's not cheap, so it's like you basically like have to have expendable income to spend money on that. And and yeah, it does seem like I'm seeing them more at stores nowadays, whether it's mm. Best Buy or um, uh, the the store the like twenty one Forever Twenty One or whatever has them. See them at um, Target. They'll they'll have like yeah, vinyl at Target now. So, yeah. And you see them on Amazon. So maybe I guess that was probably caused by the demand. But for me, if I were to get one, or anytime I think about, oh, I should get one, it's because I see it in a store or on an ad on Amazon. Mm. Yeah, but no, the, I don't have one. The uh, the cool thing now too is like these record stores that have existed for years. Like in Memphis, we have Goner uh, and Shanger Dula Records. Goner is yeah. over in Cooper Young, and then Shanger Dula is over there on. Uh, Madison, both in Midtown, but you go in there, some dude's just sitting behind the desk, like smells like cigarettes. And like, you like walk through and thumb through these records. And like, you're looking for that old record that some dad traded in that, you know, like it's like a diamond in the rough, like some old Fleetwood Mac record for like eight bucks, you know, that literally is from the seventies and smells like cigarettes. And you're like, Oh hell yeah. This thing's got probably like cigarette ashes in it. And it's like, you know, it has been through some shit. And so you bring that puppy home, pop her in, and you listen to Fleetwood Mac, you know, rumors, recommend that one. But it is a, uh, it's an experience of like going in there, finding the music, like flipping through. It's very like calming in a weird way. And it's, 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 I can't explain it. I really can't like, but they got everything in there. You're looking for jazz, you're looking for hip hop, like uh, the Dr. Dre album, the, um, the 2000 Tonic album, I forgot what it's called. Chronic. Uh, Chronic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one's a, an infamous vinyl hard to find apparently, but it's supposed to be sound really good on vinyl. It's supposed to be intended to be mixed, to be played on vinyl. Mm. Uh, so that's like, there's a lot of, I mean, in whatever genre you can think of, it's out there, but Zach, is this, is this something you would all be interested in? You're not, you're not a, a huge music guy. You, you do have favorite bands. You like listening to music. I, when I say that, I don't mean you don't like music, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not like, uh, I, c- I couldn't like say that as a passion sure. or anything. My dad had vinyls growing up, and you know I enjoyed listening to them. But it's it's kind of like being a like a car guy, like that's where you mm-hmm. want to spend money and time on cars. And 
That's an enjoyable experience. You enjoy spending money on it. You feel rewarded when you, you know, fix something up or you have a nice car. I'm neither necessarily a music or a car person. More like, a, you know, my car is a functional vehicle, but it's not. It's nothing flashy. It's gonna do, get the job done for me. Uh, so that's not something that I would necessarily spend extra time or money on. I just don't think I'd have enough time to like set aside to enjoy that as much as it would warrant with the investment that the time and money investment that it would take, uh, like just on the front end and to maintain. Yeah, I get it. But it's definitely, it's, I mean, I got nothing against it. It's cool to like, I can hear that at your place when I go over in 2030, when I get to see you again in person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a pretty good record collection by then. You know? And, uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I, I didn't expect it to like it as much, but I mean, like I, I got an old Beach Boys record, you know, and like uh, like an old one at a record store at Goddard, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" And it's got like all, it's got four vinyls in it. It's the the greatest hits effectively, but it, mm-hmm. it's like the Endless Summer is what it was called, I think. But I mean, you you throw those on and cook dinner to it. I mean, you try to be in a bad mood. You just can't like and and just got like Beach Boys tunes cranking through in between tracks. You hear the needle. It's like it's almost like white noise calming. I don't know. It's uh, you, you guys get it. Records are badass. Yeah, a lot of my audio intake capacity has been uh, overthrown by podcasts yeah. in the last two right. years. So, so same, same. I don't I, listen to music anymore, but now yeah. I kind of have to. And like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Like, a, yeah. a unique way to relax. Like, if I, I throw on a basketball podcast, it's not the same thing. If I'm making dinner, it might yeah. be more yeah, efficient, you, so you to speak. Have but vibe and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. There, there's something to be said about vibes. Yeah, I understand. I understand that. I do like when a new album comes out of someone that I really want to listen to it. I'll listen to it for a few days, and but then I go, I go back to my podcast. Yeah. So you would you take the time to like listen to it all the way through and oh yeah and, and God, digest God. it and figure it out. Yeah. I, uh, for me, an album usually takes like three solid listen throughs to d- decide if I really like it or not. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's trash on the first one, I, I sometimes I might give it out depending on who it is. But I, I like to listen a couple of times from my favorite artist and the bigger artist. But uh, speaking of music, last night on Instagram, I don't know. This probably didn't cross y'all's pass. Um, but DJ D-Nice, legendary DJ, was having an Instagram live mix. And at one point, he had over 100,000 people partying along with him virtually. Uh, Michelle Obama was in there. Oprah, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden stopped by and like said hello. Seeing uh, Bernie, like, it, <laughs> is it like he's DJing? Like he's he, he's not just talking to people, right? He's DJing a hangout. Uh, yeah, so he's just like DJing, and the cameras on him. But you know, as it, it tells you who joined. So if you're following these people, it's like this person joined, and then in the comments, like everybody would be like, "Oh, uh, Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez just joined," and he'd like call them out and stuff and play a song for them. It was pretty cool, and it was a, a good way to pass the time. I had it on the background when we were doing our Zoom chat last night. So okay, I have to be nice for bringing people together in a time when people aren't allowed to come together. Yeah, we've seen that. Uh, I've seen a bunch of musicians been doing that. Like uh, the lead singer uh, of Coldplay has been, did like a piano set of Coldplay songs on Instagram Live or whatever. So we're, we're seeing a lot of artists do that, and it probably be pretty embarrassing to do that and not many people tune in or like. Maybe yeah. you like get a hit to the ego if you look over at this DJ and he's got like 100K and you're like the Coldplay guy and you've got like 5K or whatever. But yeah, uh, still cool that the the purpose is cool. 
Yeah, I saw like a John Legend was singing the other day on his Instagram live and had yeah. a bunch of people tuned in. So yeah. it's a uh, it, this whole like lockdown or whatever you want to call it, stay at home, shelter in place, has kind of shown us like that the world can go on without a lot of things and like just kind of what we take for granted. And I, honestly, it's brought it's been a plus for me. Not that any of this is a positive, but in terms of communicating with my friends. Um, Cause I don't, I'm not in the area where I live around a bunch of them. So I don't see them as much as maybe you and Zach see each other, you know? So this whole, I'm down for all these zoom chats and let's hang out. Let's yeah. start group texts and stuff. Like I'm all for it. <laughs> Cause it, for whatever reason, we normally don't do it, even though we have friends who live all across the country. Yeah. It's forced our hands and think about the, now we can do this, right? We can exist on a podcast like this streaming live with three little panels and talk to each other. Like, like we're around each other. And I mean, think about it. This has happened 10 years ago when we were in college. Like yeah. what the fuck? Well, I guess we would have just ignored all of it until we were told otherwise. But you know, like, uh, I mean, like think if we were this age 10 years ago and we didn't have any of these meets, like right. it'd, it'd be substantially different. So at least we can be thankful about that for sure. That suddenly all these things that usually annoy us, like their phones and computers. And we're also focused on living on the internet as opposed to in person. Now it's like we literally have to. So uh, it's, it's a positive now. What are, uh, do you guys have any fears moving forward? Like, obviously there's the fear of the unknown, but is there any specific fears? Like maybe the internet breaking? I saw the European Union was talking about that, like asking. Can that happen? How would that, how does that happen? Does it just get overloaded with data usage? uh, From the short bit I listened and read is like, yeah, essentially they were asking like Netflix and Hulu if they could limit the streaming numbers and things like that so that the servers i guess wouldn't get overloaded most of my knowledge on the tech industry is from silicon valley so yeah <laughs> unreliable narrator <laughs> middle out compression is the most important thing That's yeah. what I know. so <laughs> great show. great show yeah uh, so i don't one thing i definitely don't understand and so i don't even want to talk for a second other than talk about right now which is how i don't understand it internet like i thought it was like a, a limitless resource um but yet now we see like all, all of our, like, I don't know about y'all, but I, I have a certain amount of gigs of data that I can use with my Wi-Fi per month. I never touch it. It's a terabyte. So I never get there. Although recently I've started to stream everything instead of having cable. So I might get closer, but I never get close. Why is there a cap? I know it's to make money, I guess, is the, is the pragmatic answer. But like, is there a cap to internet? Is there a, I thought it was like, a, like electricity, you know? I mean, it, it's just like generated by like mechanical means that, it's not like you have to put like gasoline in to get the internet running. I, I do think you have to have a certain amount of infrastructure to create that internet. Like I'm, I'm talking out my ass right now, but that, that seems like sure how it is that you have to have the means in place to create this bandwidth. Uh, and that's what limits how much is out there. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like I, it, I, it's I, like if you, when you're at the forum and you're trying to get like trying to scroll on Twitter, but there's no way you can, it's cause the, all these signals are like bouncing up against each other and just it's like a, yeah. it's like an interstate or a highway or something like that. Yeah. I, I get mean, it. I get it being slow get bogged down. You know, you, you think about, you remember when like Tennessee came to play football against Memphis when we were in college and like nobody's phone worked all day because they brought so many fans. Uh, no, I don't remember that at all, but that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. like uh, we've seen it get bogged down at my old apartment. 
Um, it, at times, like right when everyone got off work, like seven o'clock and it, the internet would be really, really slow. Um, and you would have to like click over to the 5G internet and you, your speed would pick up. But so it does get bogged down somehow. So it makes sense. I just have no idea how or why. Right. Yeah. Like it, it, I, I can understand like a natural resource. Like that makes sense to me. You know, like there's not limitless petroleum. But like, it, can't a, you just put in like another code and like increase our capacity by yeah, another I, billion or whatever? Yeah. I, I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I, and I don't know anything about it. But like I just wish they I wish they'd do a movie like they did for the big short about like advanced finance, like securities and transactions and stuff like that. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but they explained all that stuff in kind of a, a layman's terms in a very interesting way. I wish that existed for like Wi-Fi and what, what could, I mean, maybe not, maybe I don't want to watch that and hear like there's a point where maybe we get and like, there's just no more internet. We've used up the, the, the stream of internet. That would suck. Dude, but. That would, that would, okay. That would be shitty. Like that yeah. would make this whole situation a whole lot worse. Yeah. I mean that, that <laughs> there's your answer, right? But like, that's how bad can it get? You just hear it pop and we can't get on internet. And luckily I still got cable. Hopefully that will work. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think this might be the first day ever. You and I are both wearing tie dye in the same day. So I just want to, Give a shout out to my tie-dye shirt. This is a No Easy Buckets World Tour. Uh, my buddy Dan Peterson of Project Backboard. Um, they go around painting courts and underserved communities to kind of brighten up the community and build a sense of hope in the neighborhood, build a sense of pride. And uh, it's proven that it's, it's helped decrease violence and crime in the areas where they have built these courts so shout out to dan peterson people doing great work you've probably seen them uh, if you've watched like nba tv or uh league pass he's got those commercials with project backboard and it's a go go daddy commercial because they helped him with his website but mm. it all started in uh, memphis tennessee at the uh lester community Cent center in being hampton when we redid those grizzlies courts uh, as we were both members of the grizzlies organization at the time we did those courts and then we went on to do some other courts throughout the memphis area and now he's taking this thing uh globally he's got he got, got courts in puerto rico some in asia so shout out to dan peterson and project backboard uh shout out mine is just bonnaroo because i'm a white bro that went <laughs> to a music festival uh that has substantially less meaning than your shirt so how crazy uh, is bonnaroo when did you go last year i've been two times i went in high school for one day and then I went 2018 for the whole time and camped the whole four days. Like it is, I mean, I, I don't know if you've been to like a, you haven't been to anything other than Music Fest probably, have you? Or maybe you have. Uh, like I've been a stagecoach. So like a smaller Coachella, the country Coachella out here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, um, it's I've, just, never, I've never spent the night. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of people doing Molly and Acid and like by people, I mean like, you know, 18 year old to 22 year olds and not sleeping. And it's, it's pretty wild, dude. Like I saw this, uh, one kid who was like super fucked up, but not just like the thing that gets you a Bonnaroo is you can't like drink anything, you know, you can't cause there's no water, uh, just readily there's, there's fountains everywhere, but you know, when you're in the, at the stage in the crowd, like you can't just like leave and get water. Yeah. So people dehydrate really bad. So, and when you're like on Molly or a lot of these hallucinogenic drugs that dehydrate your body naturally. And yeah. so a lot of these, and you're 18, you don't think to like hydrate. They're drinking beers on Molly. And I saw this one kid that could barely walk, get eye dropped. Like someone dropped in some acid into his eyes. And um, like, he like effectively like 
started convulsing and i mean it was just like and that was just happening everywhere you know it was like uh so it it is crazy it's just crazy coronavirus kid on uh, who's in spring break in miami yeah i mean it's a bunch of kids like that i will say the difference in the 10 years has been the like jam bandiness now it's like you go see like eminem like i saw eminem there and like uh muse and a bunch like be a rock act and a big hip-hop act and, and whatever but it used to be where it was just like a slew of jam bands like you know, the, 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 like Dave Matthews or widespread panic would be the biggest act there. But most of it's just like jam bands that are playing, you know, three hour long sets and everyone's just super high and like, it, but it's not party drugs. It's like, it's like weed. You know, everyone's just yeah. like smoking weed, listening to like 30 minute guitar solos. And it's more of a vibe where now it's like ravey, like full on festival. It's like rave. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. It was more ravey than, I mean, camping's fun. Like the people you meet's fun. It's, it's fun. If you, and I did it in my late twenties. I was nearly thirty, so like it, that. I mean, I I was probably not as built for it as if I was like twenty two or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah. Then again, like was kind of well, glad I was a little older. Better, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like some of these kids are just unbelievable. Like I, I was like, our campsite was right next to these two kids that showed up. They set up camp. They didn't have any food. They kept asking us for our food. They showed up. They just set up one tent uh, next to there, and because all their intention was was to just do Molly for four days, and so they yeah. just figure everything out later. So like, I, I mean, I remember and college and we go down to the beach and have no plan really i mean we're like not really like you just be like we'll figure that shit out like yeah um whereas now it'd be like you know you'd want to have like we had a list and everything and and plenty of supplies and whatnot for for all these meals uh but yeah this, these kids would come back in the middle of the night like five o'clock they'd pass out in their tent um and if they came back at all and they would wake up at seven because the sun would beat down and wake you up. Just the, the heat and the sun would wake you up at seven, seven thirty, regardless of when you went to bed. You were just like, because you get baked in your tent. It's just and like so, sizzling your hangover yeah, too. For sure. <laughs> Saturday breakfast. <laughs> so yeah, we, we did not, I, I went with a, a buddy of mine, we did not drink a lot of beer. Like we were like, you know, just that we didn't drink a lot because that was like not the festival you want to be drunk at. Um, for a lot of reasons, but anyway, th- this kid, like I- I'll roll out of my tent and this other kid does too. And he goes, Hey man, like what time is it? And I was like, it's like, it's like seven 30. And he was like, oh, I thought it was midnight. And like, what? I was like, I like looked up in the sun is like <laughs> beating down on us. And it, it could not have been farther from midnight, like based on everything, like the, yeah. the situation outside, like when he had been out the night before, but he was so high the whole time. He had no idea what was going on. So Bonner is crazy. It is fun though. I mean, like a very unique situation would be very cool to take like an eight, eight to 10 group of people that are kind of like similarly aged and want to do the same kind of thing. So it's like, you have a good crew and um, smoking a little pot. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And and no one's going to hate on each other for doing whatever, but like, we're all like kind of on the same drug level. Like, cause if you have one guy there, that's like, you know, like snorting Molly off like girls ass cracks. (laughs) And then like the other people are just like, smoking weed you know then yeah, you got like a, there's levels to this shit. yeah yeah exactly you get it you get it so uh yeah so fun uh i don't know why we got there oh my my shirt yeah yeah, yeah. so uh zach I, I, we, I don't think we've really heard how you've been passing the time is it just more time with the little one or, or what else have you been doing yeah so mostly you you would think that like overall there would be more free time but there really hasn't been yeah, so you're kind we're kind of all kind of been in the same boat we've still been working as yeah. as usual so our only change is really just like not going out as much. Yeah. I've been, uh, what have I been doing? I've been watching it more like by myself when my wife's been at work. So that's been pretty cool. Just hanging out with him. 
Yeah, uh, some real on-the-job training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, it kind of worked out, right? I mean, like, you guys were going to be recluses anyway just by virtue of having an infant. Like, you can't do as much. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like, this is... Other than the babysitter thing, of course, like, which is an insane inconvenience, but... Yeah, for... As far as, like, we've been since he's been born, this isn't, you know, a 180-degree turn or anything like that. Maybe, like, 30 degrees difference. He, he is getting to the age where he's a lot more predictable and stays up longer. He's more fun to be around, uh, you know, like, out taking him out. He's real social. So we would have been able to go to, like, breweries and stuff a lot easier than previously, but uh, he'll just have to wait for that. Mm. What's been the coolest part about being a father? And then what's been the most surprising part about being a father? I think the coolest part is when you get one of those like real big belly laughs and then he just like looks at you, like stares at you, like into your soul. Those are pretty cool. Like just for a couple seconds, he's like, you're my dad. Like, like you saying he belly laughs or you belly laughs? He belly laughs. Oh, okay. Like you just, I don't know, you, you know, you just do baby stuff with him and then he gives you a huge belly laugh and just like stares at you like, oh, you're my dad. That's cool. Yeah. And the hardest part is just being tired all the time. Yeah, sure. And I'm not like my wife's mostly getting up um, because she went back to work more recently than I did. So she was when I was the only one going back to work, she was getting up like the only she was the only person getting up. She was letting me sleep. So I had to be a little more rested for work. But yeah, just trying to keep up with his schedule is uh, for sure the most challenging thing. And then when he's. He's been sick on and off, you know, in the winter. And so he's, you know, when he's not feeling good, that can be challenging. But mm. so overall, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that, that's cool, man. Uh, I got a couple things that I've watched that, that I'd like to give to the people who may not have seen it yet. Uh, one is this latest episode, season 10 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Tonight we get the season finale. Could be could be the final finale. Uh of this series, you know, could be the last time we see LD writing. Hopefully not, though. Uh, say, I know you've been watching it. Have you felt as good about this re- most recent season as uh, most people seem to be? Yeah, I've, I've only seen about f- I've seen like five episodes. I haven't seen I haven't caught up because uh, I, I need to get HBO again. But um, yeah, I me mean, LD is like the thing about him and, and what he's done with Curb has been anytime he feels like LD, of course, Larry David, the the writer and star and uh, of, of Kerber enthusiasm and the creator of Seinfeld. Uh, he's like, he only makes it a season when he wants to. Yeah. So like, and in HBO, he just tells them, Hey, I'm going to make another season this year. I like, like, all right, here's like a hundred billion million dollars for a budget and, you know, go do it. But he only does it when he feels inspired and wants to do it, which in itself lends to like good television. A lot of times, bad shows, bad seasons result because People are being forced on a timeline yeah, to be creative. Is, yeah, inspired writing is you know not gonna. It's gonna show through that. That's how it Without is. Without a doubt, yeah, and and it's gonna feel rushed and not as creative or good as what it has been. Exactly. So, with that being said, it, it's definitely held up for sure. Like, I mean, it's yeah. just consistently good. Certain episodes are funnier than others. That's always been the case. But he's always got like the miniature arcs in each episode. But he's got these things that are running throughout the whole you know season these jokes that, you know, we're going to see set up and paid off at the end. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest set up paid off writers. Like every little element that he sets up at the beginning of his episodes comes back into play later and usually, you know, very funny ways. So that, and so he's a master at that for sure. Yeah. So, uh, I love curve. We watched the outsider, which was pretty good. Um, kind of like some horror kind of sci-fi creature stuff. 
Uh, also on HBO, we watched McMillions, the doc docuseries about how the Monopoly game from McDonald's was all a fraud and like the mob had the pieces, the winning pieces the whole time. <laughs> so everyone who won was hand selected by the mob. Um, well, I watched Seven Seconds on Netflix, a series with Regina King, um, who loses her son uh, as the police run him over and then they try to tie him to a gang and he's not. So that's a good series. And then Who Killed Malcolm X was also an interesting little docuseries. So those, those are some of the things I've watched during my quarantine. You guys uh, read any good books? I know Zach is still, of course, reading. Um, Eternally that, reading Sprawl yeah, Ball. Yeah. Uh, I, one thing I've, I've read, I've been doing a lot. Of, I did a lot of nonfiction reading about basketball and the grassroots. I wrote a, a screenplay about that. So I've kind of gone to the fiction world. Uh, I was like, I just need to read a good little fiction book that I don't have to like think about a ton. So I picked up this book called Fleischman's uh, In Trouble. Fleischman's In Trouble. And it's uh, about a character who's like a 40 year old doctor who's divorced. And he has two kids, and it's him navigating being single again in the, in the app world, like as like a forty-something-year-old, and how all these like people that are divorcees in their early forties are now all on these apps, and it's apparently this like wild world of like sex and intrigue or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's it's a funny little book, and it's it, it follows this guy through it, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's a, one of the main writers at GQ, one of their main columnists. It's her first novel. So it's uh, it's it's really funny and, and entertaining. So I I do recommend it. It's a new novel, Fleischman's in Trouble. I finished listening to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So that that was really it's a pretty pretty lengthy listen, but I definitely enjoyed that. So I'm gonna I got the rest of that series. Have you up. seen the movie? Have you seen the? I've the, seen. Uh, did they make more than the first movie, or they just made the Dragon Tattoo? They they just made the Dragon Tattoo in in David Fincher's American version. Like with uh, Rudy Not Mara Swedish. as as Lizbeth and yeah, but they did us they did all three in Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, that might not be helpful. And and the girl that played well, it, I think it's are there captions? Can I? See? Yeah, it's subtitled. Okay. Yeah, it's subtitled, and, and and some of their language is in English, like because they half speak English in Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me, but the you, the actor who plays Lizbeth in the Swedish version is you've seen her before. She's like in other stuff in like American films. So uh, they're supposed to be good. I mean, the Swedish version is supposed to be good. I mean, the, the American one is David Fincher. Who's like one of the greatest American directors of all time. So it's like, you know, he took something that's kind of like pulpy and made it into a really good movie, but it's worth revisiting. Uh, if, since you just listened to it, if you haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. I play, I enjoy like uh, reading the books and watching movie. A lot of times I've seen a series, but I haven't read the book. So I'm kind of like with uh, hunger games doing that also. Mm-hmm. Kind of rewarding myself for reading the book to you know compare it to the movie right after. That's kind sure. of fun. It is. So, so how long have you been on the audio books? Um, probably a few, three or four months. So I got um, through the li Memphis Public Library. You can they have audio books, which I just found out about not too long ago, and I probably listened to six or seven in that time. Oh wow! So I I still count. It's not this quite the same as reading because uh it's sometimes easier to lose track of lose track of what's going on if you like your mind wanders at all it, yeah. it's hard to like refocus you can't like go back and pick out exactly where you were uh, if you get absent-minded like me sometimes but uh overall it's really good especially if you're like holding like if i'm holding weber and he's sleeping or something then that's perfect time to 
listen to a book if I want to change a pace from then you know the litany of podcasts that I've got lined up. Yeah. And I today I did make I made a pretty big move. I pulled the first Harry Potter book off the mm. shelf, and I'm I'm gonna read them all this year. And today was the first step. I pulled it off and set it in my stack that I'm working on. So, okay, that's so it's uh, in the queue. It's in the queue. Yep. <laughs> do you guys uh, have multiple books at a time you read, or do you just one yeah. thing and that's it? I'm always reading like four books at a time. I can't. I can't do that. I. I've been reading The Alchemist. Like I've I've had to start over once. I can't finish books anymore. So maybe I need to go into the audio books. Like I, I sit down and read, and then I just get bored. I'm like I want to do something else. So maybe I need to dive into the audio book world. Not reading the right books, man. Maybe I, I enjoy yeah. them. Like I just don't keep reading. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I get that. It's it's more time consuming than anything else, and you can't half ass do it. Yeah, you know, that that's it's an attention span thing. Not man, like just for our general like. That's why people love like shitty television. They turn it on, half listen, half do everything else. It doesn't require like focus, which yes. is what I like about movies. Mason and, books. and I, yeah, Mason and I are TV show guys. Where that's you're the movie guy, Sam. So your attention spans longer. Dude, exactly. I hate watching yeah. movies, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I did watch. That's uh, why. That's why I'm just, like you because you got to fucking focus to get the characters and figure it out. Like because you only get two hours. What's with this uh, Wahlberg movie on Netflix where he's like a I don't know ex-cop, anything about that. ex-con? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, you should watch it just with that with that premise right there. Sounds like you need to watch that. But, uh, I mean, Wahlberg's good at what he does, which is that. But Netflix... Watched, it's got Post Malone in it at the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you watch it? I watched a few minutes. It was kind of violent for... So I had to watch it later when Weber's not out there. So wait, you're like... He's not going to know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just being irresponsible, dude. <laughs> There's no way he knows what you're watching. <laughs> yeah it's the principle i don't know okay right. he's getting ready he's, yeah yeah i mean yeah sure sure you get, used to it. get those habits in place i guess yeah. uh i did watch my boy pete davidson in a uh big time adolescence a movie on hulu and it was about an hour 45 minutes something like that and it was a it was a good movie i enjoyed it my wife fell asleep but i heard he I, was good in it i heard he was pretty good like he was dude yeah and it wasn't a great movie, but it passed the time well during these quarantine times. So, yeah. shout out to Pete Davidson. He he was he was good in it. Um, yeah. the the movie was just kind of it's it was a comedy goofy movie. So, you know, it is what it is. Played a board game last night. It was called uh, I wrote it down. Forgot what it was called. I just, I just got it at Target. Uh, Utter nonsense. You guys heard about this? No. So it, it, the premise is you there's two different types of cards. There's a, each player gets seven cards that are phrases, different phrases could be anything. And then the person that's the judge and the judge cycles around like cards against humanity, uh, plays a, another card and the, that card will have a, a character or an impression that you have to do. And then you pick whatever card you want to say in that voice, that impression. And whoever thinks it's the, you know, whoever's the funniest, according to the judge gets, you know, gets the card wins gotcha. that round. So, I mean, it's anything like Chewbacca to, like, nerd to stoner to, you know, you, you name it. Like, there's different, both in, in, like, legit proper noun celebrity impressions to, like, very general, like, cowboy or something. Uh, so, that, that was a very entertaining, very entertaining uh, game thing to hear different people's impressions and who was good at what and who was horrible at certain impressions, which can, which can end up being funnier than the people that are good at them. <laughs> but that was, like, a really fun or drinking, gain to play. So I do recommend that. 
Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, we're at we're at an hour. We've uh, covered a lot of stuff. Give people a lot of insight into our personal into our lives. daily lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's and this isn't as much just a content creation as it is like see what you guys have been doing, and and who knows when we see. You know, of course, Mason lives in California, so we don't regularly see him anyway. But who knows? You and I, Zach, would often go to games together. That's when usually we see each other. So who knows when that comes back? Would you guys prefer? How, what, what would you – we don't know anything about what's going to happen, but what would you prefer happen with this season? Um, would you prefer just nothing, you know, like it totally cancel and we just like pick up where we, you know, we just pick up next season, you know, at regular time? Or would you prefer no more regular games right into the playoffs or some regular games, playoffs, or you know, all we play all those games that were left, playoffs, and then have a shortened next season? Uh, you know, what, what, what do you like? What have you heard that you like? I think so. I, I like the idea of if you can finish the regular season, I like that. And then I, it might make sense just from a time standpoint to shorten or limit the amount of teams. I know this is unpopular, probably for especially for us because it would eliminate Memphis, but like the one through four seeds from each side get in the playoffs. So it's an abbreviated version of the playoffs with the teams that. Uh, you know, historically will have the best odds of winning. So you still get playoff basketball. That's going to still be pretty lengthy having eight total teams in there. That's still going to last a pretty good amount of time. And you still get to see the best teams, the best players. Um, And by keeping the regular season, those teams are able to keep their, their regular income from those games as well. I don't know like dollar wise how that shakes out, but I think for me that would, that'd be like the minimum that I would like to see if possible. Yeah, that'd be great, but I, I don't think we'll see basketball for a long time. So I, I I think it's kind of a moot point to talk about this season. I have no idea how it's going to affect the draft and all that, but uh, I do think we won't see this season completed. So, so you think we won't have a champion that, like season, like it, everything's done? Is that what you mean? Yeah, no champion. It'll just it'll be a weird just, thing that we'll tell our kids about many years from now. So how pissed would are you if you're like a Lakers fan or a Bucks fan or like, I mean, can you imagine LeBron, you know, he, he makes the season his last, like, I'm going to be LeBron of old, you know, like I'm going to play super hard. I got AD here. Like this is my last like run, you know, he, I think he's going to play quality basketball for a couple more years, but you know what I mean? Like he clearly yeah. chose, he clearly chose this season is like, I'm going to get to the finals I'm going to play whoever the East team is. We're going to be beat them. Like, cause you know, I, I just got to get past the Clippers is what he's thinking. Um, he's, he gets all the calls already. AD gets all the calls. Like they're, they're the Lakers. I mean, it, it makes, they're probably going to get there. Uh, so how pissed are you? If you're like, I mean, the Bucks are going to lose Giannis too. Like this is basically a lost season for him. You know, they want, he, he wants to win one in, in Milwaukee. And if he doesn't, he's going to leave for sure. Like there's not a doubt in my mind. So that, that's got to suck. Like, Ugh. I mean, I guess you, you can be upset, but really, like, what is nothing any one person did or anything. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to place the blame, so it's really just like, damn, that sucks. Like, yeah. That's all you can say, really. It's not For like, sure. But, nothing, but I'm just trying nothing. to think about, like, imagine if this happened the one year. Imagine if there had been one year during the Core 4 era where we were, like, really good, like a 68-win yeah. team or something, and, so, like, we were so, a two-seed, and then this happened. Like, that, 
So maybe the, they would be clamoring to play without fans or something like that. Probably. But even then, is that how you want to win the champ? How you want to remember the championship? You know, like I don't know. I just don't see it. And like the, it, so many people are involved in an NBA game. Like keeping it under fifty or a hundred people is damn near impossible. Yeah. Um. So and obviously that rule. It's, Everything seems like it was so long ago. Go that rule was put out like midweek, and <laughs> like now it's no one can gather anywhere. It's like just these eleven days since we've had pro basketball or really any sporting event at all, it seemed like so much longer than it already has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if you listen to the scientists, you look at the trends and the math. I just don't think we'll we'll see. Uh, gathering of how many people it takes to have a sporting event anytime soon. Yeah, that's probably right. And the reasoning behind that is not that like everybody's still going to be sick from this way, but there'll still be little pop-ups everywhere. And, uh, you know, a sporting event is a prime place as we've seen for that type of stuff to break out. Like Staples center is, is a point of, reference for like half the athletes who have tested positive for coronavirus half of them have a connection to staples center so uh, even if that's where they got it or not there's going to be that train of thought is we can't have this many people congregated um so it'll be interesting to see like when even little league sports can get started back and churches can meet together again in person and all that stuff yeah, like what ha- like again, like we said, like what tangible thing happens that suddenly makes everything okay again? Like yeah. uh, it, it, and surely just as gradual as the us realizing this is actually a big deal was I think coming out of it's going to be just as gradual, right? Like a Yeah. A, 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 and it'll be like a couple month long process where it will suddenly be like, "Oh, everything's back to normal," you know? Yeah. It's completely wild, dude. Like, I mean, I, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's like settling it, setting in for me now because I'll be working from home, like, I'd, tomorrow. And I, I hate that. Like, I, I, I'm a creature of habit to some degree. And I think a lot of people are, especially as they get older. And, like, it's going to throw me off. Like, uh, I'm going to be very not productive and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I agree. That is one, you know, semblance of normalcy that I've been able to maintain so far. Right. I mean, like at some point, do you think they shut down all manufacturing? I mean, like, hey, we don't, you know, I, I mean, of the non-essentials, like. Well, a I lot mean, of, a I lot don't of know places if you guys make anything are, that's like a basic, like you don't make like bread or milk or, you know what I mean? Like. Um, so a, lo- a lot of companies, so a lot of the car plants, they've shut down. Mm-hmm. A, for people who are not going to be buying cars for the you know, anytime in the future, you know, not regularly, at least to the same volume. And a lot of plants are converting similar to like in world war two are working to convert, to create uh, like essential items, like the PPE for the nurses, personal protective equipment. So, you know, so I don't just use acronyms. Um, but I was hearing yeah. that like <laughs> a, a makeup factory, they have a lot of the components for hand sanitizer. So that's what they're converting on their lines to run instead of you know makeup products Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff like that similar to how the country reacted to world war ii when we all became assembly lines for half tracks and planes and that kind of stuff but food food will probably i'm 
they can stay open until i mean all it takes is one person at a plant to get sick though and then that plant's going to get shut down and then if they supply anyone they won't get their supply their material because i mean we're reliant on a bunch of suppliers to provide jars and trays and that kind of stuff to us so yeah, it's, I, it's very fragile. But realistically, you don't know if you, anyone's sick because no one's gotten tested, right? Like, yeah, I mean the you, testing. Yeah, you mean someone know. gets sick? Yeah, you mean yeah. like there has to be a reported like yeah. coronavirus, which is not going to happen because no one's getting tested. Well, I mean they're they're getting more and more in place. So yeah, yeah, I just mean like it, it's just a matter of time before places that are open are having to close down for two weeks because there's a positive case. You know, sure. Yeah, well, yeah. You'd have to think so. You have to think it's going to hit almost every factory or business that's remaining open. Hospitals, obviously, in America. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it already has. Just like there's not been anyone that's been so violently ill they had to get tested, and the the dominoes hadn't started to fall yet for everywhere. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I was listening to a podcast of this resident uh, in. New York City resident, like, you know, she's graduated from middle school school and she's a resident before being her own doctor. Uh, she said that they're seeing 20 year olds having to go to the ICU. So like the thought that this was only affecting old people. That's just is, foolish. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not the case anymore. Yeah. yeah every, everyone needs to keep their head on swivel and not mess around with these, you know, the CDC guidelines. There's no there's no point in messing around. It's worth it for every you and everyone else just to sacrifice what you had going on for the short term, or else everything could be get is just going to get worse in the long term. Yeah, all the politicians now are saying like we'd we'd rather overreact than underreact. And yeah, yeah fuck off. You didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was a little like, oh uh, man. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, there was even a point where and I know we're an hour and twelve minutes. So we're about to get off, but there was a point where like we went to the game on Tuesday, you know, and it was like entering that weekend. And I was like, well, I mean, like things are still open. And is it like situation where as long as I go somewhere and sit like far away from people, for example, like a movie theater, like I asked Zach, like, Hey, you want to go see this Ben Affleck movie? You know, like I was like, Malco's actually put in a requirement that, you know, only a half the amount of people can be in there. So it's like, there's like a, you know, spatial thing happening. And he was like, Oh, we probably shouldn't, you know, this and that. And I was like, Hey, actually, right. You're, you're right. I shouldn't. But the point was, even then, I was like, oh, it seems fine. Like, no one's reacting to it yet. So, like, maybe I don't need to, like, go full balls in yet. But, you know, that that was kind of the last, like, time I thought maybe I should go do this. I didn't go out on, like, St. Paddy's or anything. Yeah. But it's been a slow. I mean, once you have that moment of realization, we're all getting it at different times. Like, you know, then you sort of steer into this. But who knows, man? Who knows where we're going to be in, like, a week or two weeks? If it's going to get worse or better, we have to assume worse until it's not. But anyway, this has been the backdoor cut. So uh... yeah, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Um, oh, you good? Yeah, thanks for everyone for listening to us. Uh, subscribe to the Barnburner Podcast Network. We got this show, the Theater and College Hoops. Uh, Mason and I and Sue from Theater and College Hoops are going to do a rundown uh, later this week on the Memphis freshmen and how they compare to some of the other guys that were rated similarly to them in their recruiting class. Uh, so we did some research there, found some interesting things. So it should be good. We'll talk uh, some of the graduate transfers and other guys that Memphis is in on 
uh, at that point as well. We did, and I got in the can. I did, uh, I did a Star Wars movie, the Episode Nine, and I'll be doing more of those now that we, you know, we had what well, we got as movies. So we'll uh, we'll see about doing some movies here soon, and probably bring in some other people from the network on and talk about some of their favorite movies. So look out for those as well. Until next time, go Grizz. Go Grizz. Stay, go Tigers. Stay clean. That's right. Clean up the dodge, give back when I can, just play.